Hello, everybody, and welcome to Fortress Comic News, episode 351. I am one of your hosts, Chris, alongside my co-host here, Mike. What's going on, Mike? Nothing much, just fighting the elements, as one does in the great white northeast that we live in. Oh, it's so nice to have winter. Yeah, we haven't yeah. had it. Now it's it's hitting us in the face like a haymaker. It'll be gone yeah. before you know it. I'm I'm so I'm lucky because where I live in New York, if you ever watch the like uh, some hot hot weather talk, hot right here. weather meteorologist. Well, meteorologists we know about the same as a meteorologist. That's but, my uh, hot take. But anyways, if you watch the snow fronts go through New York, uh-huh. there's always a top one that's really heavy, and the bottom one, and that You're bottom right. one always hits like Buffalo, and that's why you see all those videos from Buffalo. Yeah, like having the uh, snow like, blowing ship. People like trapped in their homes. <laughs> I land right in the middle of that. Nice. So, like, I never get the really bad shit. I just get, like, the kind of bad, like, average to kind of bad. So, I get yeah. to enjoy winter. Yeah, yeah. Good stuff. But we have an it, interview. <laughs> yeah, we do have an interview, everybody, today. Returning guest. Uh, not not the snowstorm. Uh, Travis Merce is coming back. Coming back. I get to chat with him this time. Real cool dude. Working for DC Comics. Yeah. Uh, did that Page Puncher project, which was, wow, alliterations, Chris. Uh, which was a lot of fun from DC, and now maybe talking about some more stuff going on with DC. So looking forward to that. Yeah, good uh, stuff. Good stuff. Yeah. Besides that, not a whole lot of news. Um, Beginning of the year. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Calm before know. the storm. Uh, I am pretty. I didn't even think about this, Chris, but uh, I'm going to PAX this year, PAX East, oh, nice. and uh, hopefully one. Uh, if you ever decide to go back, we can hang out at PAX East again. Um, but it's a little more about a trek for you. Um, I was wondering if maybe I'll see the Suicide Squad game this year, there this year. It, should, it It's almost like timing to, to see a demo or some sort of thing happen. Isn't it like in April? It's in March. The uh, PAX, you mean? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah. I thought Suicide Squad comes out in February. Oh, does it come out before then? Oh, shit. Because I haven't seen anything about it. I saw, like, some gameplay stuff. Yeah, I I, I got a, uh invite to the beta, but I never played it. It's coming out January 30th. So. Oh, well, this month, everybody's apparently I didn't know that. So. Yeah. <laughs> I'll wait to see the reviews, as with most game launches. I'll, I'll <laughs> wait till it's super cheap, because I'm a cheap bastard. Yeah, since we got some time to fill, I'll talk about. Uh, I was playing Cassette Beast for a little bit uh, this weekend. A little bit. I probably put about ten hours into it this weekend. Um, it's uh, it's right up your alley because it's it's all like the cool. I like to play like indie Pokemon game styles because they always build upon what. Po- I mean, Pokemon has a recipe, but like there's always some layers that get added to with these types of games. This one's like all about musical stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, cassette beasts. So you like you like capture the the monsters out of cassettes. Um, the uh, the story is really interesting. Like people are, people arrive at this island from like all over the like like a multiverse. Like you're from Earth, but some people aren't, and some people are from like different times. So I almost wonder if it's it's like the afterlife, maybe. Um, but it's kind of interesting story because I never really pay attention to the stories in Pokemon. <laughs> I'm just like beat the gym leaders, <laughs> save the world. I don't know. Yeah, I, 
Oh, well, two things. One, it's really funny because there's like conversations in Pokemon. I've been a little out of the Pokemon circles this year or last yeah. year, mm-hmm. but uh, there's been conversations in the past about like they should add a new type because they oh. haven't done it in a while. And the one that keeps getting thrown around is sound type. Oh, yeah. So interesting. Yeah. Because one of the big things about adding a new type in Pokemon is that you have to incorporate old Pokemon into it. Yeah. So, like, for instance, Magmite would work for a sound type, and, like, mm-hmm. a few others would work. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, that's true. The other thing there is, is I listened to a thing about the whole lore of Pokemon, because I'm similar to you where I play through it. Like, I play to get to the end game, to yeah. breed and everything. Yep. And it's so fucking deep, it's not even funny. <laughs> <laughs> it's... I don't know where a kid's game gets off being this deep and like intricate in its story, yeah. but it does. Yeah. They're like, they went off the rails at some point and nobody caught it. <laughs> yeah. But it's funny you brought it up because I hadn't thought about that game. Cause I remember you talking about it yep. off air probably. Mm-hmm. And uh, it's on like game pass. So I'm like, Oh yeah, I've game that's pass. awesome. Yeah. It's really so, cool. Yeah. You got to play it. Download it. Stick with video games and kind of segueing into our normal stuff. Uh-huh. I finished Spider-Man two. Awesome, and you loved it. It was really good. Yeah. Uh, basically, if you like Spider Man One, if you like Spider Man Miles Morales, hey, guess what this game is? It's those two <laughs> games mixed together. Yeah, uh, yeah, it's good. I I enjoyed my time with it. Uh, it hits like any good sequel. It's got to have two storylines, uh, <laughs> of course. But they do uh, they do Craven's Last Hunt. Nice. I don't think that's a big spoiler. No, it's cool though. Uh, and then the second story arc is about Venom. And if you played the first nice. one and you know who Venom is in this one, and I liked nice. kind of the twist there. So, yeah, it's, uh, it's awesome. And there's some moments in there, like, even for me, who's not a Spider-Man guy, I'm just like, like, things happen. Where I'm like, oh, I read that. I know what that is. Or, mm-hmm. like, no, I, I, cool. oh, yeah, that's where that's good. Yeah. Yeah. So, cool. and it sets up a bunch of cool stuff, dude. There's, um, this is a little spoilery, but, but fuck it i mean it's been out for a while now and if you want to just pass by this some of the side quests one sets up chameleon which is really Ooh. cool yeah uh one sets up spider verse oh very cool you you get a, a glimpse into the spider verse where you kind of meet somebody who mentions uh uh spider-man 299 mm-hmm. and it also sets up oh who's the other villain set up son of a bitch so it's another villain. I forget. <laughs> it's okay. been a week since I've beat it, but yeah. but yeah. So there's some cool sets setups. I don't know if it's going to be for Spider-Man three because you know it's the third game, so we need to do three storylines now. Uh, Plus the multi, and they can do that with the multiverse if they want. Yeah, and uh, right. but maybe cool. there's DLC. I don't know, but yeah, it, it's cool. It's worth your time if you get a chance to. Nice. Yeah. I uh, speaking of Spider-Man, uh, I saw this pretty funny clip uh, the other day of. I, I see a lot of clips of like comedians getting heckled on stage and then like giving it right back to the people in the crowd, which don't ever heckle a comedian because they will tear you to shreds. Um, Real quick interlude. Have you ever yeah. seen the Bill Burr one in Philadelphia? Probably. It's like the greatest one of all time. I think so. I think I have yeah. this one. Uh, <laughs> this one, the guy is wearing a secret Wars Spider-Man shirt. So like the black Spider-Man uh, thing. And, I forget what the interaction is, but he's like arguing with someone in the crowd that's wearing like a pink furry coat. And then, and then she says something to like, Oh, well you're wearing a Spider-Man, a, a Spider-Man shirt. And uh, 
he goes on like with Spider-Man, then somebody else gets involved and he, it must be down in the city because you can hear these heavy accents and the guy's like, he's like, well, actually that's a Venom t-shirt and the, the comedian's like, no, it's a, <laughs> it's a Spider-Man, uh, it's the Secret Wars Spider-Man shirt, which came out four years before Venom was created by Todd McFarlane, <laughs> like get fucked. And it was like, <laughs> yeah, don't, <laughs> don't try to heckle comedians they're, the reason they're on stage is because they're pretty witty to begin with and then to get like wrecked by a comic book nerd just makes it even better <laughs> and they look forward to that man yeah he's like oh it's not a venom shirt i'm gonna make you i'm gonna make you pay for that yeah they're so looking forward to that mm -hmm. and i even i was like that's not a venom shirt that's a that's a secret wars i even knew that uh that's the black suit spider-man you know incognito that happens like all the time where like yeah. especially in like a podcast that's not comic related yeah and they're like and i don't mean to pick on anybody because you know look what we do but right they're not com they're not a comic book podcast but they may be like kind of comic book fans or like mm -hmm. read some stuff and they'll bring something up and i'll just be listening like oh, that's not right <laughs> that's not right <laughs> that's not when it was publicized <laughs> i know the facts um i am a little upset with mcfarlane well mcfarlane toys to be more specific because uh i didn't know they do this chris because i usually like if i see the cool toys i'll pre-order them on their website mm -hmm. like the, the dc comics ones well apparently they're coming out with a forever evil owl man variant you know owl man is one of my favorite characters that's but it's a good version of him yeah and it's walmart exclusive though so like and walmart doesn't put up pre-orders or anything and from what i've heard the walmart exclusives are like impossible to get yeah so that's my life lately. <laughs> Trying to find an owl man variant. Well, this is what I'll do. For, I've done this for other people. Never successfully. Mm -hmm. Yeah. But I can make the promise. I go okay. to Walmart all the time. If I see okay. it. Let me know. Yeah. Let me know. I'll pay. I'll pay Boku bucks. Maybe 20 bucks. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's, it's probably a fucking $25 figure to begin with. Yeah. Oh, yeah, for sure. <laughs> I do. I, those McFarland DC Universe ones which is very relevant to our interview today because that is part of the page puncher lines. Travis Mercer did the art for that book. See, bringing it back full circle. Look at that. Somehow we made it back here. Um, not a whole lot of TV news. I, I can say though, I I'm almost done with the, uh, the uh, Monarch legacy of monsters show, mm -hmm. um, which every episode gets better and better. I will say uh, the, there's more Kurt Russell, which is always a good thing. Um, I think I'm on episode six. I think there's a couple more. I think there's eight episodes. Uh, I was not expecting to see a like real time Godzilla reveal, but we got that in the last episode I watched, which is cool. Um, like they're in the desert and they fought like, so now there's a rift between, there's a lot of things going on between the characters. There's some people at Monarch that like Monarch isn't as evil as they seem, but there's people working with the Monarch that, are definitely more evil than others. Um, and then we find out like Kurt Russell finds Godzilla and is like, Oh, we got to, we're going to go after Godzilla. And they're like, why you want to kill him? And he's like, no, we want to save him. And then like everybody that's been working with Kurt Russell, the whole show is like, dude, this guy's fucking insane. <laughs> he's like, no, we need to help Godzilla. They'll look at him like, no, we don't. Uh, so he's like, he's like doing his own thing. He's taking over one of the Monarch offices and he's like trying to track down Godzilla uh, it was like a crazy, it was a crazy scene of like in the desert, Godzilla like was like hibernating underground, pops out and like starts wrecking shit. It was awesome. Uh, 
So, you know, there's a lot going on there. There's some there's some interesting character stories going on, but um, the Godzilla reveals was really cool. So I just want to say for the record, I watch Venture Brothers and the Monarch is definitely a bad guy. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, that canon Monarch is very bad. Dude, Venture Brothers is so good. It's such good. Uh, the Monarch is amazing, too. I love that. I love that whole all those characters. I, um, I can kind kind of stay on point. Um, yeah. Well, first of all, I, I realize that I don't know if you have to have a PlayStation Plus member, but like PlayStation people, if you download um, Apple TV Plus, you get three months for free. Oh, that's pretty cool. So I have Apple TV Plus again. Nice. So I'll eventually get the Monarch. But uh, I was going through Netflix because I got Netflix mm-hmm. um, to watch Rebel Moon. And I still haven't watched it. <laughs> uh, it's all right. And uh, I, I watched... So I watched their uh, their quarterback doc. I won't get too much into that. If you like football, it's really good. Mm-hmm. Um, they have it's an old anime, but by old, it's from 2021. There's a Godzilla anime called Singular Point. Yeah, there's a there's like a, I think there's three animated movies or something. This is a show. Oh, there's a show. Okay, there's yeah. a whole there's a whole anime universe that I've never watched. So yeah, so I started it, and it's interesting. I mean. I'll say I watched the first episode, so we'll start here. Uh, first episode, you do not see Godzilla. So there's Mike's, you know, where's my Godzilla, my Godzilla show. Dude, you're an animated show. It's not like it's in the it's not in the budget, right? You're drawing. It's, it doesn't cost more to draw people than it does Godzilla, does it? But you do see a kaiju. Okay. It's not really a kaiju. It's a uh, it's a pterodactyl. So uh, well, I, that's I, not I, even maybe close. it's a kaiju. I don't know. <laughs> But the whole premise is that the, the main characters work for the company that create Jet Jaguar. Oh, that's cool. Yeah, so I'm assuming that this is going to end with Jet Jaguar versus Godzilla. People that don't know, because this isn't a Godzilla podcast, I just realized. Uh, <laughs> Jet Jaguar is like the Ultraman giant robot that's like humanoid robot that uh, is created to fight um, Godzilla. Looks just like Ultraman. Yeah. <laughs> Very similar to Ultraman. It's not rated very well. I'll say that. Like, mm-hmm. it seems like I don't know the people like it, but the the reviewers are kind of middling on it. Mm-hmm. I was trying to look see how many episodes it is, but I, I don't know. That... I, I, I'm going to keep watching. I think it's fun. Mm-hmm. And I think the movies don't have terrible ratings. There's like animated movies on there. That's like the whole other universe. I got to I got to start watching now after I finish Monarch because I haven't consumed all the Godzilla stuff there is yet. So, um, and then I found out completely by accident mm-hmm. that Netflix is publishing the Delicious and Dungeon anime. Oh, yeah, I've heard of that. So two things here. So I, I love that first volume of Delicious and Dungeon. I want to keep reading it, but I just other things keep getting in the way. Mm-hmm. The two things here is it's very interesting that right now. So when this launches, two episodes will be up. But as we're talking, there's only one episode. Mm-hmm. And apparently they're launching episodes weekly. Interesting. That's new for Netflix that yeah. I'm aware of. So yeah, they, they've done that with some other stuff. but Have they? Yeah. I can't remember what, but there's so stuff. Yeah. I guess like Netflix is uh, flipping the bill for it, but it's also being published on like some website somewhere else. Mm-hmm. I'm not sure, but it's on there. And I'll say the first episode's really fun. Yeah. Like it really does feel like the the manga 
with the one exception being that the manga actually gives you and i don't know how you translate this to anime so i'm not like totally i'm not trashing it for this but the manga actually gives you recipes oh yeah right that while the recipes include monsters from the dungeon so anyone doesn't know the whole premise is that like this group goes into these dungeons kind of like D D and has to fight their way through to get treasure Mm -hmm. and in the first part of it like one of their party members gets eaten by a red dragon Mm -hmm. but if they can get her before she's completely digested they can resurrect her mm-hmm. but they're really hungry so, <laughs> so oh. they so they have to go into the dungeon and eat the monsters in the dungeon because they're also poor oh my god and then they meet a dwarf who's like an expert at like cooking monsters so That's every every issue of it you get like two recipes where they fight something and they turn it into some sort of meal it's and amazing. they do the same in the show yeah and uh yeah, so you don't get the recipes per se, which from what I'm told, the recipes in the manga can actually be translated like like they use for instance, the first one they do is a a mushroom monster mm-hmm. that they fight. And like yeah, they put in the recipe like the mushroom monster, but if you just like replace it with like regular old mushrooms, yeah, it still works. It should like work. That. Yeah. And then like a scorpion's in it, but like when you look at it, it's basically lobster. So you just replace it with lobster or crab or something. And it, okay. like, stuff like that. Yeah. But yeah, it's a blast. I, I think it's so much fun. It's a cool twist on like typical D&D kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. And uh, that's awesome. Yeah. I'll be continuing to watch it every week. So that's great. That I, I forgot that was even a thing. Now I got to go back and read them because it, it did sound like something I would love. Yeah, it's a blast. It's so different from anything you get here in right. in the states that that's why I, I really fell into this hole of like reading more manga and like trying mm-hmm. to jump outside of my comfort zone things. Because if you had told me this four years ago, like if Marvel was putting this out four years ago, I've been like, that's stupid. Yeah, that's a dumb idea. <laughs> but now I'm like, yeah. oh yeah, let's do this. Like, Hell yeah. yeah. Um. All right, the little bit of movie news we have was uh, this is pretty shocking, I'd say, or I don't know. Maybe it was just the whole timing thing, but uh, for Marvel Studios, Thunderbolts film, uh, Steven Yen uh, announced that he made the decision to drop out of the film. Uh, He did say that he would like to still do a Marvel project in the future, but felt that it was out of the cards with this decision. Uh, No word to exactly why he chose to leave what it means for his character. Um, it was widely speculated that he would play the century. We talked about that. That would be great. Uh, could be timing things with the writer strikes. Maybe he was committed to some other stuff. Um, but there's some weird stuff going on with scheduling and, and delays. So who knows what could have happened there? I really, in my heart feel like something happened to him personally. That changed yeah. his mind. Cause like, I've seen that float around what you said. Mm-hmm. And in my heart, I'm like, wouldn't, wouldn't you assume that Marvel pays the best? <laughs> yeah. So if, it, if it's strictly like a money thing, like we have a conflict here, you have to choose one. And mm-hmm. let's say he goes by money. Right. You think you'd choose Marvel, but maybe it's a passion project and that's why it went that way. So that yeah. could be. Yep. Um, but yeah, I, I do, I, something's, I think something's going to come out here like a, and I hope it's not something terrible, but no, <laughs> I just, no. I've in my gut, I'm like, dude, something happened. Mm-hmm. Um, well, hopefully not. I was looking yeah. forward to him as 
century. I thought yeah, that would have been really cool. Would have been really cool to have him as a, a big character in Marvel like that. Yeah. yeah. And a chance, hopefully they still do it and they find someone good because it's also a chance to play multiple characters and kind of work out your, like you have to be a good actor to play Sentry because you have to also have to play the Void. Mm-hmm. So you have to be able to play two characters at once. And uh, yeah. But we'll see. I'm sucks that we we felt like we were on track for all this all the stuff we're looking forward to and then one of the movies i was really looking forward to is now a little bit off filter so yeah i'm sure they have a b and c in the back marvel's always prepared for that stuff yeah i mean the big machine yeah it's a it's a factory man like (laughs) it's coming out one way or another so yeah they'll pick you up and put somebody else in there from from what i heard i've been reading a lot about like what happened with the marvels and yeah, that's basically what happened with the Marvels. Where like they really wanted to like kind of get rid of it, mm-hmm. and they're like the machine has to move on. We've already put too much into this. Like just put it, yeah. and that's why you didn't see a ton about it. Right? Like, There's no this. no put in the advertising or anything. Yeah, yeah. It was just one of those things. Where, like just take the loss and move on. Yep. Um. So yeah. Which I would have loved to see the Batgirl movie. DC was just like, nope. <laughs> Millions of dollars and a lot of shooting and Michael Keaton in a suit. Goodbye. <laughs> Really and, and I, oh my God, I hate. I'm sorry. I, we all love Brian Fraser. The director yeah. telling me Brian Fraser would have won an Oscar. You're full of shit. Yeah. <laughs> There's no way Fireflies winning an Oscar. <laughs> Which, can I go on a quick rant here? Uh-huh. Not about Batgirl, but similar. Apparently, so you watched Rebel Moon already. And yeah. you said, eh, right? Yeah. Like, didn't, okay. Didn't, yeah. Apparently the Snyder Bros are out again because Snyder said, "Well, like there's a director's cut. Can we stop? <laughs> yeah, we got to stop that shit. Like, it's it's I already get, like a two and a half hour movie. <laughs> I get what happened with COVID and why we got the Snyder cut of yeah. Justice League. I get it. Yeah, and for many many reasons, I wish COVID never happened. And I think we all do." That one is like the biggest lingering thing for me that's come around where I'm like, not every movie that's terrible. I'm not, I haven't watched Rebel Moon, so I don't know. But not every bad movie is fixed by a director's cut, people. Well, <laughs> like sometimes there's bad movies. I feel like it happened with Watchmen where like Watchmen director's cut was so much better. <laughs> uh, that was like. But. Yeah. I'll stand by this. Watchmen was still good. Yeah, I didn't think Watchmen sucked. Yeah, yeah, yeah you're right. Yeah. And, so you took a yeah. good movie and gave me more of it. That's right. one thing. Yeah. But to think, like, it goes back to the Suicide Squad thing. Like, does it think that that movie will ever be good? Like, I'm no. sorry, people. Yeah. It's just not going to happen. You're not going to change Will Smith. <laughs> I'm sorry. I, I do this rant all the time, but just, no, I, I get so I irritated whenever this pops I just up. Have to, I just have to ignore the Snyder Bros at this point because it's. It's not even the Snyder Bros. It was that yeah. was, I, I was doing, like, research for the show and everything. Yeah. And it popped up where it's like Snyder's like, yeah, you know, like we have a director's cut of it. And we and I'm like, dude, stop. Because I, <laughs> I tell you my theory about Snyder for no. me personally, no. he's the movie equivalent for me of Tom King. Oh, yes, you did. Yeah, you did yeah where me. there's these yeah. people that love him, but he's so either awful or good. Yeah. Right. There's no in between. <laughs> in my taste, personally, yeah. everybody. Right. right. Yeah. Yeah. I know. 
Hey, maybe maybe you just hold off and then you'll get a four and a half hour cut of Rebel Moon that you'll be. I'm not. I, listen, I'll watch the the regular theatrical cut. Yeah, I'm going to already, do it. It's already two and a half hours. If you can't tell a, a coherent story in two and a half hours, get out of here. But unless I come on the show and say like, I'm sorry, like let's say I watch it next weekend and I come on the show and I'm like, Mike, I don't know. I I thought it was awesome. I'm really right. I'm loving it. Blah blah. Maybe maybe I would watch a director's cut at that point. But if yeah, I'm. I'm just not doing another bad movie director's cut. It's not yeah. happening anymore. It's not. You're too old for this shit. Yeah. Uh, Got Shazam comics to read, everybody. Hell yeah. And with that, let's get to this lovely interview with uh, Travis Mercer. Talk some DC comics. And uh, we'll see you all on the other side. All right, everybody. We've got another very special guest for y'all. A returning special guest. And Mike, can I say real quick that mm-hmm. we keep, we've been saying returning special guests more and more. Mm-hmm. these past couple of years and it's so awesome because it yeah. means we're doing something right yeah definitely but uh, <laughs> it's a good feeling everybody welcome back to the show travis mercer welcome travis guys hey i'm i'm so glad that i get to chat with travis today because everybody knows me as the dc guy on the show i don't know chris has been reading a lot more dc books hey. uh this year so they're they're kind of pulling them over to our side I, which is great i've been i think i've been fairly vocal that i think um dc especially under the stewardship of joshua williamson has been mm-hmm. doing like especially like dude beast world and all that stuff like mm-hmm. they're doing so much better than marvel is right now and i still have a strong love for marvel so yeah, yeah the, dc's been killing it yeah. and uh yeah go ahead Travis. I oh i was just gonna say you, you mentioned josh uh he's been doing phenomenal stuff he's yeah. got you know the top tier uh, that Superman book is just amazing. Uh, I'm not fully caught up, but it is one of the books that I try to make it's, time for to read. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, right. I, it's, you know, Superman has always been, eh, it's Superman. Yeah. Uh, but that's one of those books that have really pulled me in to make me, remind me how much I like that character. Mm-hmm. Um, and then the, you've got uh, Josh's batman and robin you know so you're taking batman but you're putting him into a little bit more of a fun scenario with damien you know going to school that's so much fun and then you've got you know maybe a lesser popular character maybe not with the with the cw show but you've got green arrow um and i love that book too uh green arrow is my absolute favorite superhero so i'm so glad that josh has gotten to uh you know paint with his brush so to speak have you have you gotten to draw green arrow yet and like even just in passing in some of your stuff or no uh i did a young justice cover with green arrow okay. and uh i will say that i might have a little something coming oh, okay. all right all right <laughs> we'll leave it up there for everybody to <laughs> sit on the edge of their seats yeah well, i want i wanted yeah. to real quick travis because last time you're here you were um promoting the page puncher book that yes. you're doing yep. yeah and i i went out and bought Yes. <laughs> yeah. Yep. Okay. Now my question is: Did you find it in the wild, or did you order it online? Uh, I'm, I'm a little ashamed to say they're Amazon purchases, but that's okay. That's <laughs> I mean, that's how I first got my batch of them uh, that I wanted to bring to cons was Amazon. But this holiday season, when I was in Target, I saw them, and it was one of the coolest things because when I met back, uh, maybe. Four or five days later, they were gone, and that yeah. made me so happy. Dude, I, I, 
I'm so I, mad because I mean I, I collect a lot of the when uh, McFarlane comes out with the Batman stuff. Um, mm -hmm. I they're coming out with a new Owl Man figure that. I have. Oh yeah, yeah. But uh, the page punchers are awesome, and I was so mad because there's a lot of collectors around me. They're they're sold out everywhere. I mm -hmm. like even a guy that I work with that collects like every figure figure. I couldn't find him. And wow. And it's tough for me, Travis, because I don't open my figures when I buy them. They don't breathe. They stay. They stay in the. Box. I I understand. You know, I so if I, got, I got those and I had to open them. It, I was gonna do it, but it was gonna kill me yeah. <laughs> to do it. You know. Uh, I did see yeah. the Robin at my mm -hmm. local Walmart. Mm -hmm. Yep, I will say that. But yeah. I never saw another one on the way. And I, I, to be fair, I pretty much stay at my house or go to the local Walmart. So, yeah. <laughs> but I, I just want to say what a what an interesting uh, way to promote a project, right? Because I, I mean, I wasn't on the last episode you were on yeah. where you talked about that, but uh, that it's an interesting thing because you're you're going to sell out more of a figure with a book, probably more than a book at a store. There's probably, probably better odds, right? Because the yeah. the figure is, is like popping out at somebody and then you have a story to go along with it. So that had to be really mm -hmm. cool to be part of that. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, and, you know, of course I want the collectors to have them who are getting them, you know, from their yeah. comic book store or finding them wherever right. they can. But, uh, you know, just because it was the holiday season, you know, yep. all the toys were out. There was a part of me that was just hoping like, I hope a parent just saw this and was like, hey, my kid likes Batman. This yeah. is kind of cool looking. Yeah, right. And just picked it up. And that kid not only opened the toy and, you know, was so excited, but mm -hmm. got that bonus comic without even knowing it. Right. right. And, you know, there's that part of me that that Stan Lee kind of hope that's like, <laughs> I hope that that was that kid's first comic. Yep. And it just triggers something where they yeah. want more. You know what I mean? Yep. We, uh, we always talk about when we bring people on the show, like what was your first comic, like buying it off the shelf. I remember mine vividly, but I maybe like, you know, 10, 10 years from now or so they're like, Oh, I had this page puncher book yeah, <laughs> that yeah. was, and it was epic. You know, that's so cool. I carried uh, around my backpack for a month and the yeah. thing is falling apart. Yeah, but, yeah, you know, that's what, that's what you want to hear. You know what yeah. I mean? Like, yeah. yeah, it's great if you can keep it pristine and graded, but there is something about like, no man, that, that thing disintegrated because I carried it around so much. <laughs> yeah. You know? yeah. Oh, did did yeah. they tell you how well they did? Like, was it a success? Um, I think so because the, the only email that I kind of sent was, uh, I think it was towards the the fall when more stores were getting them, and mm -hmm. I just asked about sales, and they they just kind of responded, "They're doing very well." Awesome. That's what you want to hear. Yeah, That's what yeah. You, hear. Uh, you know, I I don't know um, how comparative to the yeah. Injustice series that they did, and I think mm -hmm. they did an Aquaman page puncher. Yep. Um, yep. I would be curious to see how comparatively. Um, I don't know if that's fair because it does have Batman in the title, which is right. always, you know, it's always a better sell. But, you know, just for my own curiosity, I would like to know. Yeah. Um, having Batman in the title. That's why there's always yeah. so many Batman books. Yeah. Um, I just want to talk to you a little bit. I mean, we're here to promote some other stuff, but sure. uh, there's some stuff that I had read with you in. And um, I mean, a, a couple of my favorite properties at DC are like uh, uh, the Legion of Superheroes, mm -hmm. the JSA, and you've gotten to work in both those realms. Um, yes. I think the Legion was more of like a holiday special, right? So it, it was, yeah. You, and that was at the end of that, Yeah, yeah, of course. Uh, that was at the end of the, the Bendis run. Mm -hmm. um, 
so they had me do a polar boy and uh the comic queen uh story mm -hmm. and that was that was a lot of fun um just because i knew those characters just in past just barely knew yeah them, right which was so exciting because they said okay well i i want you to uh redesign polar boy and mm. we want to try to keep it in the theme of what bendis has already done with those um so you know i i got to redesign it and that's um, cool i was looking at a lot of like uh what did i of, of Korean boy bands is what I was actually looking at. Like wow, their, high, yeah, their, yeah, yeah. their high fashion was mm -hmm. kind of, was my inspiration for what he needed to look like. So mm -hmm. he was very young, um, but very like smooth looking, very, yep. you know, I, I, I don't know if for some reason it just kind of fit. Now, um, if you ask me today, I would love to go back and maybe pull it closer to maybe the very first iteration mm -hmm. um with with some modern day tweaks a little bit um yeah yeah but that's i was gonna ask you about that too like if you had a hand in designing it because it was a, it was a cool take and a lot of the like you you had a, it looked like you had a lot of fun playing with the action mm -hmm. sequence of like flames oh, yeah. and ice and stuff that looked like an enjoyable project for you to work on it was a ton of fun and that was um it wasn't my first dc gig but mm -hmm. it was my second and um it was I had a huge break in between because um, I did an issue of Red Hood, yep. uh, Outlaw, and that was in 2019, I think, okay. or yep. 2020, some, somewhere around there. Mm -hmm. um, but it was, it literally came out a month before the pandemic. Oh, So wow. then everything shut down, yep. you know, DC went like said goodbye to diamond mm -hmm. all of that stuff was happening oh, right yeah. when i kind of got my first big break yep. um and i had to wait almost two years for another dc wow. project that's um what yeah. what a, like a i mean you're like yes i got a dc book <laughs> and then it's like no <laughs> it's I'm waiting. Oh, it's i made it's, it yeah. Oh, it's, <laughs> it was the most humbling experience ever but it oh, did yeah teach me a really hard but important lesson where you know even when you quote unquote make it your you know your career is your own you it, it comes down to how much you want it and how much you're preparing when i'm doing a gig i'm still sending it to editors i'm i'm already thinking about what's next while i'm drawing one i don't necessarily wait to finish one mm -hmm. before i'm feeling out what's going to be my next thing so okay and that that seems to be like to almost make it you have to be doing that right yeah. like to, yeah it's it's nonstop. um and i just want to bring up because I, I i had read all these the just society uh mm -hmm. justice society files books for yes for the black adam movie came out and i do remember the adam smasher being my favorite issue oh and thank I, you because it was a story about adam smasher getting his suit right yes i, I think yep. right and yep uh not only did you get to draw adam smasher you got to draw a giant naked <laughs> adam oh <Smasher>. yes yeah <laughs> yeah where i had to like yeah yeah <laughs> i had to uh strategically like place the smoke and stuff like that yeah <laughs> like, like buildings of smoke yeah all that it was stuff. great yeah yeah so how did, how did that come about can you talk about that a little bit uh well i'll talk about that particular scene first and yeah, say yeah, that okay. i did uh i did have to reference myself for that one so i did put like the phone on the floor yeah and um yeah because i needed that that's it was a weird perspective that yeah, i definitely yeah. needed yeah uh, i didn't go full 
a full buff, but you know, <laughs> I I have this awesome. this joke that we always talk to other comic creators about that. You know, yeah. if anybody ever gets a hold of my phone uh-huh. and it is able to unlock it, I am in. I have such fear about that. It's not because like I have anything nefarious or like right, right, anything right. like that. It's yeah. they're gonna see my reference photos yeah, yeah, yeah. and and plaster it online, and yeah. I'm going to be beyond yeah. embarrassed. Yeah, the faces that I have though. to make, uh-huh. the weird <laughs> positions. It's it's, you know, it's, it's so like, bad. I mean, it's, it's so I mean, bad. <laughs> yeah, that's that's hilarious because I don't think about like you have the you have the you have the like almost we say cinematography with comic mm-hmm. panels and stuff, but you have that in your hand with your phone. I don't even yeah. think about that. You could make yeah. those faces. <laughs> That's awesome. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> it's it's half the reason why I go to the gym is just so I can use myself <laughs> as a reference. Just because searching on Google and stuff, it takes yeah. so long and it's never perfect. Right. You know, yeah. it's never, yeah. it's never the perfect angle. So yeah, you know. that's, that's amazing. And I, I, I really like that story too. Um, and I just back to that really quick. I always thought it was interesting because like, um who is alex ross always mm-hmm. talks about using you know obviously for yeah. the style the style of uh his drawings um yeah and paintings but he would always be like oh i i use myself for superman and i was like oh do you have to do that but it's also <laughs> kind of cool you get to do that as superman you know yeah. uh, cool in theory that. cool in theory <laughs> yeah <laughs> then if anybody ever got a hold of the photos be like okay yeah. it's kind of geeky <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> but it's, it's yeah. We're we're in a good spot here. We're in a safe space to talk about that. <laughs> but uh, the project was super cool too because you know the movie was being promoted. It hadn't come out yet, so I got to see a lot of the costumes before oh, the cool. trailer was. So that was pretty cool. I got to see that Hawkman design. I absolutely oh, love. Yeah. Yeah. Um, don't even get me started on Doctor Fate because. Pierce Brosnan as Dr. Fate was my favorite part of that entire movie. And I did one of the characters yeah, and Pierce great. Brosnan was still my yeah. favorite part of the movie. Yeah. Uh, hands down. He, he did such a great job for sure. Yeah. It's unfortunate that we won't see him again in that role. Yeah. 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 yeah such yeah, a great yeah. actor. And uh, just what they did with the helmet, like getting rid of the eyes and yeah. I don't know. It was just, it was, it was awesome. Yeah. Yeah. And, and you, your part of the project was like, I, I, I liked that story with Adam Smasher Mm. and like you said, I guess it is different for that character because of the references of the scale of that character. Right. So did you have to, you had to, was that difficult when going panel to panel and be like, Oh, what size is he now? And how does that reference everything around him? Yes. It, like just doing the perspective, it, it was super challenging, um, you know, cause you only have so much space mm. on a panel, which means if he's big, you're going to have to put that camera really far away, no matter where it is. Right. So it's like, are you going to put it low? Are you going to put it high? Are you going to put it, you know, in a medium shot where you're just going to see one part of his body really mm. big and you've yep. got to put other things in there for scale. So, mm. you know, you've got to make sure that all of the, uh, soldiers that he's punching are all the same size unless they're closer to the camera so all of that stuff became a little bit more confusing Mm -hmm. um not to brag but i would say that um composition um in especially action scenes tends to be more of my strength okay um and i don't know necessarily know why it's just one of those inherent things that i just it clicks a little bit easier Mm -hmm um than other things uh that being said you know we can always uh get better but um right so it wasn't the most challenging i would say it was figuring out how to uh show when he's growing that was mm. that was more challenging because you can do the the ant-man 
kind of effect where you have multiple figures getting bigger. Right. Right. Um, which I, uh, which I kind of did. Um, I remember in, in one of the panels, I had him changing positions mm-hmm. as he was getting bigger. So you could see that. So it wasn't just that it wasn't that cheap trick of just expanding the same image mm-hmm. to make it bigger. It made it seem like he was doing different things as he was growing. Mm-hmm. Um, Cause I wanted to make it more interesting. Um, yeah. And I, I think that's a, that's a cool way to do it, but everybody does know the, everybody has that in their mind, the Ant-Man style mm-hmm. of like, the like womp 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 and i i'm actually i pulled up the issue here just to because i did read it uh quite a bit of time ago mm-hmm. but um like when you have adam smasher going through the different costumes he pulls up like the the superman mask and yes. the, uh, yeah and then the ski mask that almost almost looks like uh casey from ninja turtles yes yeah or the original uh spider-man toby Maguire movie yes oh uh, yeah yeah especially with the color scheme that's definitely yep. the vibe that i kind of got when i read the script yeah that's that's exactly yeah it's the same color scheme and everything mm-hmm. okay yeah, yeah that makes a lot more sense um but no it was a, it was a really cool issue and i and uh and i I do remember you get to draw a couple other characters. Like there was Dr. Fate in the issue too. So you, you technically yeah. did get to draw him at one point, right? I, so I, I did. Yeah. I, I yeah. drew a, a photograph and um, yep. it didn't in the script. It didn't necessarily call for like it to be that detailed. I just mm-hmm. wanted to do it. <laughs> so <laughs> <laughs> like, I spent, I spent five hours on this. Yeah, picture yeah exactly. <laughs> He's just holding a photograph and I was like, no, I'm going to zoom the camera way into the photograph. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's awesome. That's great. You're like, I'm this is my audition for a Dr. Fate book right yeah. here. Yeah. Yeah. Please, please. Uh, that's so cool that you got to be part of that. Um, yeah. And now we, I, we talked a little bit about it before we um, started recording, but I know you got to hop on uh, Cyborg for a little bit. Yes. Um, if you want to talk about that, how that how that was going or how that went. Uh, going. Absolutely. Um, probably uh, one of my favorite projects that I've done, um, but such a crazy part of my life. I, uh, I got the offer. Um, you know, it was originally, they just kind of sent me an email saying, hey, uh, you know, we're having... Uh, you know, a little bit of trouble with our, our deadlines and stuff. And unfortunately, um, the current artist is having to step away uh, mm-hmm. due to, un, you know, unforeseen circumstances and things like that. Would you be willing to do like eight pages? And I said, yeah, uh, absolutely. Cyborg, like I'm a huge Titans fan. Yeah. Huge. You know, Nightwing yeah. was was the first character that I ever followed. Um, so as I was doing that, I was getting back issues from the you know nightwing mullet phase or like the disco suit so <laughs> yeah. so i became very versed in titans at a very early age way before like the teen titan show oh, okay or, cool. or anything of that popular so i had kind of already known those characters way you know way before it was cool mm-hmm. um nice very hipster. so yes <laughs> right <laughs> exactly <laughs> you know I, I think my first graphic novel was uh uh, was it a lonely place of dying? The Tim Drake story, oh, where he yeah. where he first I think that was my first graphic novel that I ever wow. bought or but wow. was bought for me. Um, cool. So again, you know, I got to see Disco Nightwing, you know, yeah. uh, Raven, Cyborg, all of those characters. Mm-hmm. So, um, so it was a huge opportunity, and I was like, yes, absolutely. And um, <laughs> Jorge Corona is a is is a friend of mine, mm-hmm. and uh, we live 
maybe 10 minutes away from each other. Oh, okay. Um, so, and he had gotten to do the redesign of Cyborg oh, that, for this. Cool. So, so that was a very cool kind of anecdote as well. Mm -hmm. So I got to send him, you know, that, Hey, I'm, I'm drawing your cyborg. And then he responded, Hey, I'm going to be looking really closely. Don't mess it up. You know, that kind of, <laughs> <laughs> that kind of situation. So, that's you know, awesome. we, we, we've got a good, we've got a good relationship. <laughs> yeah. That's really cool. That's, that's how you know he's a good friend right there. Yeah. yeah. Right. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, don't, don't fuck it up. Yeah. Yeah. It's, no, I'm watching you. <laughs> yeah. I know where you live. <laughs> well, it's funny enough because, um, a lot of the artists, um, I think in, uh, Cyborg appearing in Titans and Beast World and stuff. There is a design element where, um, where his uh, he it looks like he's wearing um, like pants. But oh, originally, okay. Jorge designed him wearing shorts, where he's his thigh before the the mechanical part meets his knee. A little bit of his thigh is showing, and he wanted him to be more like biker shorts, like okay. a like a like running shorts. Right, uh, right, yeah, and um. And so I kept those mm -hmm. and he was so happy. He was like, <laughs> I, I just want you to know, I salute you for not going the easy route and just right. drawing the pants. You gave him the shorts and that's right. why we're friends. And yeah, I was like, hell awesome. yes, <laughs> I wasn't going to change <laughs> that, a single thing. The little extra details to mm -hmm. do the shorts. That's what made yes. it that's awesome. Uh, so was, so the, the shorts stayed. And I, and so and a character like Cyborg too, I feel like all the iterations, um, I mean, yeah, you could change everybody's costumes, but I feel yeah. like Cyborg is really the one that gets like the the big design changes. Yeah, yeah. Like whether it's involving a mother box or like you know uh, the um, from Apocalypse, like that yeah. type of technology or what. So um, I could see where that'd be a difficult character to draw and keep everything together. It it was it was a little bit. It took a little while to get it down. By mm -hmm. the the second issue, I feel like I had I become way more comfortable, but it was a little daunting. Mm -hmm. uh, that first, I think the first page that I drew with Cyborg was uh, the one where he's entering from um, a boom tube and it is a full figure shot. Yep. Um, and I think I redrew that one. Uh, so that's the, that wasn't my first page. Uh, oh. <laughs> that was because originally I was only supposed to do eight pages. Okay. Um, okay. And then uh, they told me, hey, we actually just need you to do all of the issue, but, uh -huh. but we can only give you an extra, like, five days. Wow. And I was just like, oh, okay, time to go into serious mode. Uh, yeah, yeah. So uh, that was, a, that was an, a really fun page. I, I love that Nightwing at the bottom. Um, that's another one that I did reference myself for. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and we can see the biker shorts there, though, where it's yes. like, there's, there's definitely yeah. more detail having the exposed skin with yep. the cyborg enhancements. So, yeah, um, yeah, what a what a crazy way to get thrown into it and be like, oh, wow, I have this I have this hard deadline with all mm -hmm. these pages, right? So. Yeah, well, and like I said, you know, I had a set page. I was like, cool, deadline's fine. Yeah, great. I was yep. uh, maybe on page five and they're like, oh, no, we need you to do more we need you to do the whole issue and we can yeah. give you like a week wow um wow and so it was from that point on mm -hmm. it was just a sprint and then when they were like we just need you to do the the next issue and i said that's that's great and they're like oh but we can't push the deadline back anymore on that book either right it, it's a it's a hard deadline yeah. so you know we're gonna give you 15 pages to do in a little under two weeks wow and it was, so I was doing more than a page a day. 
Holy crap. Can you even can you even do layouts for yourself before that? Or are you just going and drawing the page? Like I was I yep, I did I did layouts. I had to submit thumbnails. I I did wow. it all in about wow. two weeks. That's insane. That's yeah. That's that was definitely a trial by fire right there. <laughs> it it was. Um yeah. but I feel like it was one of those instances from my editor who was fantastic. I mean, right. for that situation, I mean you can say, oh my gosh, you know, poor baby, poor baby to me like, yeah, doing right. doing that. But like being the editor on that book. Oh yeah. In in that kind of a situation and then relying on other people to just pull that kind of weight, it's mm-hmm. it's nerve-wracking. But he oh, was sure. yeah. he was there the whole time. If I had a question, mm-hmm. it didn't matter what time, day, or night he would answer he was in he was always available to reach and um he was just such an advocate for me and when we finished the issues um you know he just had the nicest things and then you know of course told the rest of the dc editorial world like look at what we did yeah you know and that and i got a lot of nice messages from you know the upper editorials um just saying amazing amazing work we really and appreciate it. I, I think it's a testament to um, for our listeners and, and viewers and stuff like that, that like it, I think people understand the weight of the, the projects they're working on and yeah. like people like yourself that I, this, the cyborg character is a staple in the comics community and like yeah. people want to see that and they know there's a lot riding on it. Right. So you, yeah, you and the team are like working night and day to get this stuff out because you yeah. know, there's like almost like a responsibility to the fans. So that's, yeah. That's got to be appreciated by them as well. Well, and, and not only the balance for me personally, because, you know, of course I want to put my best work, especially on a character like Cyborg. This was my opportunity to get mm-hmm. on a monthly book. Right, yeah, yeah, it's it's two issues, but I was doing the, the final conclusion. I, yeah. I set up the conclusion with five and I got to, to nail it home with six. Yeah. And, um, you know, so of course I wanted to give my very best work. Mm-hmm. But with time constraints, you know, yeah. I, I had to balance that out of like, it was more important to get the, the, the thing done, but mm-hmm. I still had to be okay with those pages. Right. So I still was redrawing things. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, you can imagine I wasn't sleeping much. I didn't sleep much <laughs> for like, yeah. you know, over a month and a half. I was, wow. I was kind of a wreck, yeah. but yeah. But, you know, again, I just wanted at least the best work that I could possibly do in that time to come out. And and there's a lot of pages, um, or maybe not pages, but there's a lot of panels that I, I think turned out very well. Mm-hmm. Um, and, of course, if I could go back, I would love to be able to, right. you know, redraw some things or spend a little more time on others. But, you know, I'm I'm pretty proud, especially in that fifth issue. Um, I had so many Titans team scenes. Mm-hmm. And um, man, choreographing those to make sure that like ev- all of the Titans were were seen because that's what the script called for. It right. called for group shots. Yeah, and and it had to be interesting because I just can't, I can't yeah. phone it in. I just yeah, I can't. Right. You can't just like put them <laughs> nope. standing in in the air. Somewhere. Nope. So all of them are doing some kind of action in some kind of dynamic form yeah. at an interesting angle. Um, yeah. So oh, yeah, that's great. And. But- this, yeah, that ahead. whole story just to me sounds anyone out there that may want to like draw comics for a living. And I think this goes for almost any profession, especially creative wise. The whole story sounds to me like one of those opportunities of when, uh, when preparation meets opportunity, 
yeah. what some people call luck. And yeah. you got to take, you're preparing, you're doing all these cool things. And um, then you get this opportunity to do something bigger mm -hmm. and it yeah. could propel you to the next thing and then, and so on yep. and so forth. And yeah, you had to, you had, sounds like you had to bust your ass for a few months. That yep. wasn't pleasant, but it's going to pay off. And oh yeah. So yeah. everybody yeah. out there, yeah. like sometimes it's what we got to do. And yeah. Um, Yep. Yeah. And, and you just you just got to be ready for that opportunity because yeah. I could have easily folded under the pressure. You know what I mean? Yeah. I could have said like, oh, yeah, I'm ready. I'm ready for a monthly. How come they're not giving me this? Yep. And the opportunity yeah. comes and that's your time to show you can you do it or not? And, yeah. you know, I, I'd like to say that I did. <laughs> yeah. And I'm sure there's things in that time frame. I don't know when this happened, but that you wanted to do. But you're like, I can't I got to get this this done this is my yeah. opportunity oh, right oh yeah, oh, yeah. Like, i i got the email of the additional pages of like oh hey by the way we want you to do this issue and the next one i was actually in montreal i live in colorado and i was okay. visiting montreal at that time wow um and so i was like kind of on vacation giving because you know i was already ahead of schedule for my right. pages yeah i was like yeah i'm i'm you know, we're visiting a place. So we're walking through this. It was, it was close to Halloween. It was like October, mid October. And we were kind of doing this. We were in a Montreal park and there were lights everywhere. And there was this, this really cool aesthetic. And I got the email at like eight o'clock at night. Yeah. And I just had to stop and just be like, okay, vacation's over. This is, <laughs> this is like mid walk. Okay. We got to go back. Yeah. It was, it was amazing. Yeah. It was like a great feeling of opportunity. Like, yes, I get this and another issue. This is amazing. You know, followed by full blown panic of like, I'm not even in my studio right now. Right. Right. Um, <laughs> so I was like waking up early at coffee shops in Montreal, like trying wow. to work half day to finish out the vacation. So but that's, I, it's crazy that you go from like the, um, the outlaw book, book pre COVID, right. To where you like, yeah. you do this project mm -hmm. and then bam, two years and things yeah. kind of fall out of place. And then here you are in the cyborg book, yeah. bam, you got to get it done. So it's almost yeah. like both ends of the spectrum for you where I yeah. think now you, you know what you can handle, right. When those opportunities, oh, yeah. it's, it's great. It's great experience for you moving yeah. forward, right. To yeah. understand what you can handle. Absolutely. So, yeah. You know, and luckily, um, you know, following that, it, you know, I got a little bit of a break, but, you mm -hmm. know, for me personally, like, I don't want to take too long of a break. I don't right. like to lose momentum. Mm -hmm. um, if I don't have a project, I'm working on something of my own or commissions. Like, I will, yep. I am not drawing any, I'm not drawing less than eight hours any mm -hmm. day. Like, mm -hmm. I just, I can't do it now. It's just in me. Yeah. Um, you know, if, if it's, if it's a weekend, usually... Um, and I'm not on a book. Usually I can pull that back to six hours a day, but I'm, st I still draw every day. Wow. Like there, I drew on Christmas. I drew, oh wow. <laughs> like it's wow. just, you know, it's, it, it, there's no choice about it. I just do it. So you brought that up too. And I, we could, we, I want to plug your commissions. Cause I know you, mm -hmm. you have that on your Twitter. Um, yeah. That you do a lot of that. So, yeah. uh, is that something you see slowing down maybe in the future if you get more busy on an ongoing book? It, or it, it, are, yeah. it already has. Um, yeah. You know, unfortunately, uh, even when I was in New York, I was trying trying to take commissions for New York Comic Con mm -hmm. and um, trying to get those done. And um, with the Cyborg book, um, people had requested pre-show commissions. And yeah. I had to say, like, I'll take them. 
I'm not going to get to them till probably winter or maybe the new year. So mm -hmm. I felt terrible about that, but luckily right. everybody did understand. Yep. Um, and uh, luckily I did finish those <laughs> over the break. So that's great. That's awesome. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and okay, let's talk about the uh, the project that you do have coming out. I tried. I dug my uh, Kingdom Come Superman shirt out of the yes. out of the closet for this because we we have talked about. Um, the world's finest book and while we mm -hmm. don't see that actual iconic kingdom come outfit we are playing in that universe now yes. with that current story but you're going to be part of the annual yes so let's talk about that how's that how's that going and, and what can we what can we hear about it well first it was it was one of those things where when they asked me to do it you think of like oh it's just a backup that's not a big deal right but when i got that email i was like world's finest yeah. that is probably what the number two selling dc book mm -hmm. for what five months six months now yeah it's been a while i mean yeah. since it's probably since the first issue came out right um maybe maybe not the first one but i know that it is in the top so just knowing that was crazy and then you know i i read on and it said we want you to do this metamorpho backup story mm -hmm. and i'm like holy shit like i gotta follow <laughs> dan mora yeah like yeah. i read that arc i read yeah. i like i've seen his metamorpho like mm -hmm. how the hell do you follow that yeah um uh, you know so that that was a little bit of like an adjustment of like okay build my confidence i can do this of course i can do this yes <laughs> right right uh, yeah. of course i'm going to say yes followed by like <sighs> Dan's gonna hate it, <laughs> you know. And then, and then I realized, oh shit, we're talking about Mark Wade. Yeah, like Mark yeah. Wade's gonna see, like he's gonna yeah. get comps. Yeah. he's gonna see this. Oh yeah. shit! <laughs> like, so it was. There was a process of like, yeah, just again sheer panic. That's. Yeah. I feel like that's a theme for me of comics. Mm -hmm. It's always excitement just followed right. by panic, yeah, and then right. just me grindstoning work. That's yep. that's it, and then just rinse and repeat that and that is my life so uh I, I don't know how much you can talk about but like you said you don't like to do boring panels and for a character like no. the element man right can we yeah. expect some some cool stuff coming from you because I'm, yeah. I'm a huge nerd about that character for sure absolutely i made it a point uh for every page that he is using his powers in some way shape or form Oh, that's awesome. Um, oh, because okay. I just, I couldn't, I couldn't have it any other way. And you're really going to like this. Um, okay. So uh, Dennis just, it, even for a backup, it's, it's so much fun mm -hmm. because it's, all it is, is a, it's an adventure story and almost a, not a, it's not a parody, but it's a, it's a nod to those uh, cult classic, uh, adventure comics of the past the indiana jones look it's all there so it's really getting into his origins as a adventurer you know uh treasure hunter aspect uh so it's getting back to his roots there so you're gonna see metamorpho in some really fun environments okay um being able to do some really cool stuff okay that's 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 exciting to hear because like I feel like when, whenever we see Metamorpho, it's almost like the side character to like whatever's mm. whatever's happening, yeah. right? With with the big two or the yes. a bigger character. So, yeah. um, I think that's exciting to explore what what he started off as and 
uh, and do like an Indiana Jones style mm-hmm. with that, which is sounds like a lot of fun, like an adventure yeah. story. That's really cool. If you just yeah. kind of take the environment of Indiana Jones, the the mm-hmm. look, the feel, yep. and then put a superhero that looks like Metamorpho into that, that's what you can expect to be getting. And um, I just today, today is uh, as we're recording, is the last day that uh, it's the final cutoff day for uh, for orders for our annual issues. So wow, hopefully okay. everybody's got their their issues in. But um, Dennis retweeted and he gave a little bit of a hint of what you can expect. So I don't think it's a spoiler for me uh, saying this is we we are introducing a new character to the oh. metamorpho world okay. and it's his dad. Really? Yes. So can okay. And is that all you and can really say? That's, all, Connery, that's right? all that's all I can say. <laughs> and I'm not gonna say it's not Sean Connery. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm not going to say I I may or may not have looked at young Sean Connery, middle-aged Sean Connery, yes. older Sean Connery for references, yes. I may yes. or may not have. <laughs> what I love as you're talking, I was looking at the, the cover here, and mm-hmm. the metamorpho here even has the fedora. Yes. yes. <laughs> yep. Yep. That, okay. that was a, a specific request uh, from Dennis to kind of give you, even on the cover, what you can expect. Oh, man, I'm so excited for that. And, and I'm looking through this book, man. It's it's a murderer's row of people that we love, Mike. It's yep. it's Mark Wade, obviously. It's right. our boy here, Travis Mercer, working on a story. Yep. Yep. Dennis Culver doing. But then we got Colin Bunn, Christopher yep. Cantwell, mm-hmm. um, George Fornes, yep. Jorge Fornes? Yep. Jorge Fornes. Jorge Fornes. Jorge Fornes. Yep. 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 I always get his name wrong. And then cover, obviously, by Dan Mara. Mara. Yeah. Uh, that's yeah it's it's gonna be, i i'm very excited for the book uh colin bunn's been on the show probably i don't know 10 times now but yeah. um he's i think he holds the record now for most it's like him and Derek robertson keep coming back a bunch of times uh <laughs> but i want to i want to talk about the elephant in the room as well because every time you know james gunn tweets something it becomes an article on a comic book website and now oh, yeah. we we do know that this character is going to be in uh superman legacy from yes. what he's confirmed so yes not only are you drawing uh the element man but now yeah. he's part of the dawn of the dc cinematic universe yes. so <laughs> is there a little more weight to it? It, <laughs> or, there is i yeah. mean but luckily not that much because mm-hmm. i mean let's talk about a signature trademark of yeah an amazing storyteller creative Mm-hmm. Uh, director James Gunn is yep. he loves to take these characters that you as mm-hmm. a maybe as a just an average person or maybe mm-hmm. just a casual fan yep. know nothing about and he's going to bring you something not only amazing but he's going to bring you the core of the character mm-hmm. and that's what's the most exciting is that I can be fueling that interest mm-hmm. of right. of metamorpho to get people excited they're gonna say like oh i remember this character now yes. like I, I got a little taste yep. and then when they see him in the movie uh you know they're gonna they're gonna gonna like that more and um and you i know well, uh, you know metamorpho is yep. gonna come off like drax you think yeah. i think that's gonna be his drax well so like not I, in the, not in terms of like actually how the character acts but like right. his role mm-hmm. in yeah. the the movie mm-hmm. he's gonna be kind of that 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 character who's a little bit of a comic relief but is serious and has like heart yeah, moments could, 
Yeah. It could be. That actor is very, he has a very specific thing about him where he usually plays like some kind of creepy serial killer. So <laughs> I, I'm, I'm excited for him to get yeah. to like stretch his actor legs and be like, I don't know. I just, I'm, I'm excited to see what he's going to bring to it. Because he has the look. Donner, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think, I think he was in Gotham as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, yep. Yeah. Thanks. I will say this when you when you mentioned like an Indiana Jones style character, I I could almost see Metamorpho being that like, hey, especially if it's a young Superman interacting with Metamorpho, like, hey, there's this weird element uh, that I don't understand that's poisoning me. Yes, <laughs> I need your expertise. Like, mm-hmm. what do you what can you tell me about? They're almost like a, not, almost not like an Alfred, but like. Yeah, somebody like that he can you know go back to and be like, okay, I need some, I need some guidance on what the hell is happening to me or what am I dealing yeah. with, kind of thing. So um, that would be an interesting way to utilize the character. Just I for the record, to... real quick, he yep. wasn't in Donner, but you were right; he was in Gotham and The Flash. Oh yeah, and then yeah. like yeah. a movie called Satanic, which yeah, I mean, didn't watch the dude's got to look that yeah, that yeah, kind of stuff. Yep, yeah. So go ahead. So yeah, I mean, oh. I, I think it's exciting that there's a there's there's more of a spotlight in the character, and you're getting to draw it right. So, um, I am curious as as a metamorpho fan too. Um, in your head, do you have a specific way of how you think he sounds? Um, specifically, an accent. Do you do you see him being from a you know because DC is a all the the cities are you yeah. know fictional for the most part, right. but like right. if you can give your equivalent of like what he might sound like because i kind of feel like he might have a boston i was gonna say boston yeah because i mean i so i i was born outside of boston and like i think the way the character's always been treated Mm -hmm. is i'm not gonna try to do a boston accent right now but uh, (laughs) (laughs) i would say yeah i could see him being more Being wicked yeah. awesome. Yeah, wicked awesome. Wicked, yeah. wicked awesome. <laughs> I'm seeing Superman and it's yeah. wicked awesome. <laughs> yeah. Maybe maybe not like that, but I almost like picture like the yeah. the uh the early like uh uh oh my god, was it Chickless that played Ben Grimm in those the Fantastic Four movies uh-huh. with the rubber suits? Mm-hmm. That's yes. the almost I, I think he had like a New York accent kind of, yeah. right? For Ben yeah. Grimm. Almost something like that, maybe. That's yeah. how I can see the character being portrayed. Something a little bit more re- like relatable to the people, the average yeah. Joe, the kind yeah. of blue collar worker. Mm-hmm. I feel yep. like would be yep. a really great way yeah. um, to depict what? him. Yeah, Boston now I want to cast Bill Burr. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> there you go. Yeah, exactly. There you go, Bill. Yeah, exactly. Actually, that's Chris's that. standard. Now that Boston I'm thinking person. about it, that's like yeah, that's no. not a bad second yeah, choice really to be bad. honest. Yeah, that could be yeah. that could be the backup. Yeah, backup. Yes, that, that's amazing. that's the yeah. T. That's the TV version. Oh wait, they're all connected. Never yeah, mind. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, for for our listeners and stuff, when can they expect this issue to hit the hit the comic shops? Um, I I, I believe it's. If the final cutoff order was, it was today, so it today, should be April. Just had it up to okay. Or March. Up. Um, I think it might be March. Is is when it's coming out? Okay. It is. Is that right? This says January thirtieth. I don't know. Oh, cover date March twenty twenty four. So yeah, March. Okay, so it'll be out March twenty twenty four. Um, for everybody to go out to the comic shops mm-hmm. and pick it up if they if they haven't pre-ordered already yeah absolutely so um, yeah and and please do you know um you know if that issue sells out and people are 
you know, on their socials talking about it, you know, mm-hmm. we, we want to do more metamorpho. Let's make that happen. You know, just yeah. everybody just needs to show DC that they want it, especially before the movie, mm-hmm. they want more metamorpho stories and, you know, you tell them with your dollars and yep. then we'll give it to you. And we want Travis to draw them is what everybody, yes. what we all want. <laughs> I would, uh, I would love to keep drawing Rex. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. What, yeah. What a fun character to do. Um, so I, yeah, real, go ahead, real quick, because uh, I'm on DC's website now, mm-hmm. they have it as January 30th, 2024. So uh, I it, would lean towards DC's website. Yeah, it it may be that soon. Um, oh wow, okay. Because yeah. they have um, right above it is the March uh, 19th issue, which is issue 25, which is the one that has Shatner on the cover. Oh, oh yeah. yeah, I forgot the William Shatner covers coming out. <laughs> <laughs> that's amazing um okay so it could be as early it is it, yeah. it could be the end of the month so yeah as this drops you know you got a couple weeks folks to go out there and get the issue so yeah yeah find yeah. it I'm, I'm seeing a bunch of websites already um with pre-orders pre-orders like, uh, pre-orders uh, for midtown all that kind of stuff so yeah nice available in places but yeah your local Travis. comic shop first local yes. comic i'm looking Always. at you yeah Unless you're in the city and Midtown is your local comic. <laughs> yeah, then, you know, you <laughs> yeah. do you. Like, go but, for, yeah, go yeah. for it. Uh, that's super exciting, Travis. I can't wait yeah. to see the issue in the story. And I'm, I'm sure I'll be tweeting at you now that we've, <laughs> Absolutely. Now, yes. now we've had this conversation uh, about the Boston accent. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you're, you're not going to be able to, like, unhear it when you're no, reading now. So no. that's great. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's game over. It's always Boston. Yeah. I'm, it's gonna be like an. It's gonna be like watching The Departed now. Every time <laughs> <laughs> you will co-op. Yeah. Why do you want to be a Boston co-op? <laughs> uh, dude, I mean, we've we've occupied a lot of your time today. I'm I'm so happy you got to be on the show and we got to chat. Yeah. Um, is there, you know, Before Chris? You I don't go know if you, there. Yeah. You got any final Before questions you go here? Because I know yep. where you're going, Mike. Yep. Travis, so you got this book coming out. It's coming out in a few yep. weeks. Looks like and everything. I mean, come yep. on. What's next? Tell me. Yeah. Come on. Uh, come on. Spell it. Spell it. No. So, <laughs> un- unfortunately, I'd love to tell you what's next. I just, no, I, no. I, I'm not able to. Yeah. Um. It's the return of Aquaman. It's. I mean, <laughs> I would, I, I would, I would draw Aquaman. I would <laughs> shit out of Aquaman. Be so happy if Arthur came back in his own book, man. Yep. Yeah. But oh, yeah. yeah. Go ahead. Anyways, no, I, I, I think I think uh, a friend of mine, Lucas uh, Myers, who's doing uh, Titans right now, he took over uh, Titans. Yep. Um, he he had a Aquaman book just come out. I don't know if it was a movie tie in or a single, but uh, I think it was the I think it was the, probably the prequel to the movie, yep. the movie oh, tie. Yeah. yeah, I remember that he, came out maybe a couple weeks ago now. He did a fantastic job. So yeah, that would be a it hard act great. to follow. Yeah. yeah. Um, but unfortunately specifics, I wish I could give, so I wish I could even give like a tease of something, but, mm-hmm. but it's, I'm just not able to right now. Well, unfortunately, if everybody buys this annual, then it's, yeah, gonna be more then it's, then it's metamorpho and that's yeah. just, that's just the way it's going to be. So <laughs> awesome. make, it, say, make it easy on me. Yeah. 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 And I want to say too, like we, I, I think we, you said a few times, but Dennis Culver is writing the story. Yeah, that you're drawing, and mm-hmm. Dennis is one of those guys that like I looked over his stuff prior to this, and like he was writing alongside Williamson with that Justice Incarnate book. He did mm-hmm. an yes. awesome job in that Doom Patrol book. Mm-hmm. I think I got behind on that book, so I n- didn't really talk about it much on the show, but it's really good. Yeah. It is um, really good. He's just a guy that's um, he seems like 
one of those guys that's grinding and is going to be doing something yeah. great in the near future. So yeah. And he's so uh, versatile too. Mm -hmm. Uh, He did uh, the future state red hood along with doom patrol, you know, just two Mm -hmm. very different characters and tones. I think he had a, uh, it was future state Gotham that I think. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. I I think just recently, maybe a month or so ago, he did a Batman brave and the bold issue uh, with Otto Schmidt and um, he was really good. Uh, So he's just, he can do any, give him anything and he'll turn it into something great. Yeah. yeah so some good coattails to ride for you. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Right. Uh, yeah. As long as he just keeps tugging me along, I'll, I'll go for the ride. You know what I mean? Yeah. He can drive the car. I'll, I'll sit shotgun. <laughs> yep. Yep. Uh, I'm, I'm so, I'm so excited that I got to chat with you today, Travis. Really. Again, thanks for being here for as much of time course. as you gave us. Uh, I can't wait to have you back on the show for more future DC projects. Yes, absolutely. Um, boom, boom. There you go. <laughs> like that. <laughs> That's awesome. And if we want to send our listeners, our viewers to follow you and yep. tweet at you when they love the annual, where can we send them? Uh, so I think my, uh, my, what is, what is my X Twitter, whatever it is now? Uh, yeah, Travis uh, Mercer 15. Travis yes. Mercer 15. I got it all ready for you. I just, I didn't know if I, you wanted to. I appreciate it. it. No, cause I don't, I don't even remember. I'm primarily like, I'll, I'll do the X usually secondary. I primarily am more active on uh, Instagram cause it's oh, more great. visual. Okay. Um, just mm-hmm. so that's where I'm posting my stuff. Um, usually on the stories as well. And that's at travesty 17. Okay. Um, I think the link is in my, my Twitter as well. Like in my profile, I think you can just click the link to go right over there, but yes, uh, that's primarily where I am on socials. Awesome. Cool. And, uh, everybody out there, make sure to check out world's finest yes. annual coming out soon and, uh, pay attention to Travis and what he's got coming up. Cause I'm sure it's going to be great. Yeah. But, uh, for sure. Travis, it's been a pleasure chatting with you again. And uh, we will definitely have to do this again soon because I know you're hiding something from us that we're going to be talking <laughs> about later in the year. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. Thanks, Travis. All right. See you guys. And we're back. We're back. Uh, Travis, really good dude. Uh, support all the stuff that he's doing. Going to be part of that. Um going to be part of one of our favorite books of the year world's finest so that's really good really good for him uh yeah Yeah. and i firmly believe watching travis how he works his art everything Mm -hmm. like he's going to be on a full-time dc book eventually or marvel if marvel scoops him up but like right now he seems to be cool with dc he'll be on a full-time book soon like the dude's too talented not to be yep yeah for sure um, all right. The one thing in comic book news, then we'll talk about what we read. Uh, Marvel announced a prequel comic for the upcoming X-Men 97 animated series. The comic, as you expect, is titled X-Men 97. That cover is fantastic. Yeah. It'll be a four issue series written by Steve Fox with art by Salva Espin. They said the comic was made in close collaboration with the showrunners for the series. It'll act as a canon prequel. Yeah. There we see everybody in their classic costumes. Uh, Chris is, definitely going to be picking this up right most likely yeah yeah i might I read, get it too i don't know it looks awesome i think the only x-men 92 book i didn't pick up was the krakoa one mm-hmm. uh but 
I picked up the other ones and same artist uh, yeah. on this one. And they're, they're a ton of fun, especially like I, I, as much as I'm not an X-Men guy, like this is a cartoon I grew up on yeah. alongside of Batman. It's like the yep. kind of one of the forgotten ones in my, my arc when I talk about Batman, Batman Beyond. Yeah. Oh man. And uh, I'm really looking forward to the resurrection of this cartoon, man. Yeah. Yeah. So. This is awesome. There's a lot of people that believe in this. So I'm sure this will be a, this will be a big hit for Marvel when it hits the shelves. Yeah. And I like that. It, not only they work with a team, so the story is going to flow with the cartoon. Right. But I like that it's just four issues. Just four issues and we're done. Yep. In and out. Mm-hmm. You know, don't overstay. You're welcome. Have a good time. Yeah. Yeah. That's a great, that's a great cover. Yeah. I wish they did the old school 90s thing, though, with like all of them on the top, the top left, you know, like they're like mug shots. <laughs> I miss that. I miss those days. Um, all right. Let's talk about what, what we read. Think, Do you like X-Men? Greedo loves X-Men. Greedo's excited for X-Men 97. He's like, nah, I'm not really a Hickman guy. <laughs> You're not much- a Hickman guy. <laughs> Get out of my Well, house. somebody's not getting dinner tonight. <laughs> um, amazing. <laughs> uh, yeah, let's talk about what we read this week. I had some stuff that I caught up on and then some new stuff uh, this Same. week. Some fantastic stuff hitting the shelves this week. Uh, and then not a lot hitting the shelves well, as this issue, as this uh, episode comes out, not a whole lot hitting the shelves today. Um, Speak for yourself. Well, yeah, for, for me, <laughs> at least, <laughs> yeah, more for Chris. Uh, I, I should put out. I, I literally should put out on Twitter every week my poll list because I yeah. don't. I no longer have a, a light week. You don't have light weeks anymore. I Oof. don't have them. Damn. And I need like I've been. That's one of my. I do this every year. One of my New Year's resolutions is to trim my poll list because yeah. I like I, said, I don't have a light week. So right. maybe I'll start doing that every Wednesday and just you guys can be like, oh, that's why Chris doesn't have money to like, yeah, go out drinking. Yeah, he's reading. <laughs> he's doing something productive like reading. Um, OK, I caught up on Santa Claus, uh, Silent Night, uh, Parker oh, Banditi. Yeah. That was amazing. Those issues three and four. Great ending. Um where, where Santa brings Damien on his uh on the rest of the night to give out gifts like come on you didn't really have a childhood let's go uh the, the heroes have this huge Christmas dinner at the end where like Krampus and Santa are back on good terms uh I think it was just an awesome I, we need more stories like that around the holidays from them yeah and I, I wanted to talk about last week but I didn't want to spoil that moment for you yeah the big dinner at the end yeah that was so cool what I love about that dinner, not only like the back and forth conversation like yeah was, a lot of cool back and forths between characters but it's not just that Santa's present was like you get a dinner yeah it's that he created a like a space where time stood still so right. that they didn't have to worry about any it was oh dude yeah, it was so that was good like, like oh we can't sit down and eat dinner yes you can because yeah. time doesn't pass here that was that was awesome. Yeah, yeah that was dude. really cool. That series is so much fun. I yeah, it, it was really fun. Uh, yeah, Parker did a great job. Yeah. Uh, a couple others that caught up on Beast World number three. Uh, there was a lot of cool things happening in that. I can't wait for the next issue. Uh, Power Girl turning into a phoenix <laughs> was sick. Uh, with like a phoenix head, that was so insane. And then like, uh, super. Superman, but I call, I still call him Superboy. Shows up with the, the blue suit to like fight her off. Uh, mm-hmm. That was cool. 
and kept then, waiting for him to show up because like you yeah know, tom taylor's writing in the course yeah right he's, yeah he's got to show up yeah. uh and then you have waller working with lex now to uh kill beast boy which was yeah some two big powerhouses working together but it's like the one time where lex luther doesn't feel like he's in charge <laughs> you know when you have waller working with him when i like because we're both reading superman so that dynamic yeah. of like lex's paying quote unquote paying for his crimes right and at the same time like trying to help superman so it's right strange dichotomy for him it'll be interesting to see yeah. how they play him yeah now yeah now waller's like i need you so you're gonna do what i say yeah. uh green lantern war journal number four um oh, that did come out yeah so this is like we're still getting the whole john stewart is infected thing but he's like he he can't really fight off the infection um they still have a ring left over from one of the uh, one of the other Green Lanterns that was infected. So what he does is he uses its connection to the Radiant Dead. Like he goes into the ring, and the Radiant Dead is like, "How did you? How did you get in here?" And what he does is he like re he like reignites the ring, and um, to like pull him out of the Radiant Dead and save himself. And then he's like this ring that he has now is connected to the radiant dead. So he's like, we can go find who has been infected and start like, you know, fixing this, which is really cool because he's like, and he talks a little bit more about his connection to the ring. And like, um, there's like this awesome fight scene where he like literally spawns like an army behind him where they're fighting. And they're like all these dudes, it's like an army, like, you know, with M 16s and shit, like fighting. And they're talking about like constructs and stuff. It's a really great book. This is, I mean, this is like the green lantern we love. So, um, I'll be reading that tonight. I forgot that was in my file. Yeah, it's a really cool villain too. I think uh, Army of Darkness Forever number three. This is the Tony Fleek's book. Uh, Greenwood doing the art. There's there's still those three timelines going on with Army of Darkness. Uh, Ash in the future finds out he needs to reassemble the Necronomicon, and uh, it's it's been like the pages have been torn and like brought around the Earth or somewhere. Um, but he has to fight these like these droids to get it back so um these like this like terminator thing shows up and takes the pages that he had so he has to like go find them and get them back um then we have the ash in the present is evil ash that's like working at s smart and is like finds out about the internet and is going to like start inf- spreading the word on the internet to infect people so we'll see how that goes um and then the medieval thing there's still some like fighting going on and it, this book is just a lot of fun. If you like army of darkness, uh, there's a lot of cool storylines and with the timelines, uh, a lot of cool stuff that I've never seen before with army of darkness. So mm-hmm. fantastic four, number 15. Uh, this, this was an interesting one because we find out like MetaMind was behind the whole taking the building away. And then when it didn't come back, they're waiting for their kids to come back from that pocket dimension. Uh, there was this whole like thing where MetaMind was like trying to stay alive by being this app that people were using, and uh, Reed Reed kind of like tries to sympathize with MetaMind because it's like an artificial intelligence, but then also finds a way to get the kids back by working with it. Um, and then at the end of it, they get the kids back, and uh, one of the kids is Doctor Doom's kid because. Last time we saw Dr. Doom was with the T-Rex, and I, I believe they got split up or he went to the other universe with the Doom T-Rex. Uh, but Reed sends, like, a photo to... At the end of the book, he sends a... Or at the end of the issue, he sends a photo of the kids to Doom and says, like, 
yeah, I'm sending the photo wherever he is. And like, we see like doom's hand holding a receiver, seeing the photo. So I think that's a hint that we're going to get like a, an actual Dr. Doom storyline coming up now, which is cool. Um, nice. which it's deserving of that. I mean, I, I think at 15 issues in, you know, we can do a Dr. Doom story now. You got to uh, do a Dr. Doom story. Oh yeah. I mean, they already did the T-Rex one, which is pretty fantastic. So, yeah. uh, fantastic four actually. Uh, Batman 141. That what a great cover that was, uh, with like the Zuranar and the Batman. Um, I mean, that cover right there. Yeah. That is a, yeah. amazing. One of the best covers I've seen in a long time. Uh, yeah. So, Batman uh, loses. There's like a really great fight scene between Batman and Failsafe. It's like it's basically Batman versus the Terminator in this issue, which is all like you know he's just stalling for time. Pretty much, he knows he can't destroy it. Dude, uh, real quick, yeah. when they're like when they're fighting and, and like he takes Failsafe down at one point, like blows yeah. him up, and yeah. he comes out of the smoke. Literally in my head was that like that movie sound effect of like. Yeah, right, right. The thing <laughs> he, like the comes thing, out like, of the bump. smoke. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah awesome. Yeah. And all I could think of was Terminator. <laughs> yeah, uh, but yeah, it was it was really good. Um, the whole fight scene was a lot of fun, and then he. Uh, I just realized that's probably really annoying for anyone listening to hear that sound. <laughs> uh, they're fine. They'll be all right. They watched. Uh, they watched Inception. Um, we so he he loses the fight. I mean, he's not going to beat this this failsafe AI with with the Zuranar, and he even says like he knows he's not going to beat it. Uh, then he gets locked up with the Joker, and the Joker's like, "Yeah, man, I'm not supposed to be here." And like the Joker's finally, he's like, "Yeah, I'll I'll tell you how I got wrapped up into this." Like I like he's got nothing to lose. It's not like he's really out there to get Batman. So that's what we're going to find out in next issue. So it'll be interesting to see them like have a conversation that someone from someone that locked them both up. Yeah. And that leads into the Joker year one story. Yes. Yeah. So we'll see. We'll see. It was, I didn't feel like it was like forced down our throats, which is good. Yeah. I think it's going to work really well in the flow of the story. So yeah. Yeah. I agree. Did you read the backup? Uh, What was the backup? I can't. The backup was like inside Zernar, the robot. All oh, the no. different Batman coming together and like deciding who was in charge and what. Oh the no, I didn't was. get to that part. No, I'm so. so it's really good. Uh, it's a it's a lot of back and forth. I will say the, the art's good, but you miss Jorge Menes in that story because this is why Jorge Menes is one of my top artists last year. Because mm-hmm. when this artist does all the different Batman, he doesn't. He's not he he doesn't pull off what Jorge did right. in like really aping the style and making that Batman like the Batman 89 look like the Batman 89 from the, the comic series mm-hmm. and so on. So on this one, it's a little more challenging because he stays in his style and tries to like make them look a little different. And it's mm-hmm. tough to tell who's who at times. Um he fixes that a little bit by having like a Batman beyond Zuranar and you can cut like, it's pretty obvious that the Batman with all the gray hair and wrinkles is dark Knight returns Batman. But there are times where I'm like, I can't tell if that's Adam West yeah. or not. Yeah. Which Batman is that? <laughs> yeah. yeah. So good story, but it, it's not the art's bad. Mm-hmm. It's that it showed how great Jorge Menezes. is. Right. Yeah. Yeah. 
but it's a cool okay. it's a cool like side thing i think it's gonna be a one i think it was like a one done i can't a few days ago when i read it but how did it end oh yeah, yeah i didn't even i didn't even look for it because i don't think there was a backup story right usually i think it's been a backup story in like every issue has so there far. i just yeah. don't remember I do remember early on there was some backup stories that we actually liked. Yeah, this is a one and done backup story. Oh, okay. So, yeah, it's literally just like who's going to be in charge of this new like version and Okay. It's not revelatory, but there's some things in there like what his plan is and everything mm -hmm. is really cool. I think you'll enjoy. So Okay. And then the last book I had, probably the best book this week, was Shazam number seven. <laughs> nice. You know why it was the best book, Mike? Yeah. More dinosaurs who want to do paperwork. Yeah, and they they hit, <laughs> dude. They hit Condock with a missile full of paper, <laughs> and you have like Black Adam pissed off about it. It was amazing. Uh, yeah, dude. The dinosaur accountants show up and they're like, "Hey, where's our guy that we sent?" Uh, they dude. They make Black Adam mad. He, it, uh, it's amazing. Uh, they just want people to do more paperwork. Um, the issue started off though with with Billy fighting uh, a, like a Shazam bizarro bizarro shazam which was amazing and just by like questioning it and getting him to reiterate what he was saying he's like oh you're not an actual bizarro and he found out that it was like oh you know a, uh a, a, another villain had like conjured this this guy up um so that was a lot of fun there's another sub story of like the family bought a new house and so like you know black adam's pissed off about this dinosaur wrecking his country with all this paperwork so he gets pissed off at Shazam. He destroys his house in the fight. And now it says Billy's going to be homeless. So maybe they'll go live with the dinosaurs. I don't know. <laughs> uh, They'll live at the Rock of Eternity, man. Yeah. Oh, that's true. This, yeah. this book is, uh, it's so much fun. And I'm, I'm glad that we're like fully embracing these dinosaurs being part of it now. I love this issue. Yeah. Like, it was yeah. so much fun. I just want a comic about the dinosaurs accountants, dude. Like, yeah. Just, just that. It's amazing. It just works. I don't know why it works, but it does. So the art's really good in this. A yeah. little sad that's not Dan Mora, but yeah. it's, no, still, it's still like pretty phenomenal. Good. Yeah. Yep. Um. Yeah, that was probably the, the top book of the week for me. Uh. And then, and that's all I that's all I got to this week. That might be my top book too, it which is big because so there's a lot of good books this week. Yeah. Um, a few older books real quick. Uh, I, I read World's Finest number 22. Really loved it. Uh, the jail sequence when like they find Metron is oh, yeah. awesome. Yeah. Yep. Like I love that. And then yeah. like finding out the whole backstory of like um, Gog and all that. Yeah, that was yeah. great. Book's great. Um, I don't think you talked about this and I'm wondering if you read it. Did you read Just Society of America number eight? I don't think so. I think it might be. It, it, I must have just missed it when it came out. Okay. I was wondering if I did this one, so probably not. It is out, so yeah, look it up. Really like this issue. We get it. It centers around the the daughter of the Golden Age Red Lantern. Oh, okay. And uh, Alan has to kind of deal with her, mm -hmm. and then basically has a huge fight because uh, Helena wants to bring the red lantern on as part of the team. Cause that was her team from the future. Mm -hmm. And Alan's like under no circumstance, like I'm not even discussing it. This is not happening. Right. Um, goes to fighter, finds her. And then after talking with her and realizing that like this, this girl was basically sold a, a false bill of goods and 
that she's been screwed over, even though her actions were wrong still. And then decides to bring her in and say, like, come talk to my friend and uh, see, we'll see what we can do. It's a really good issue because not only do we get some cool Red Lantern stuff in there, but it's not as punchy punchy and more of like Alan Scott being like, we can solve this a different way. And mm-hmm. uh, yeah, I really enjoyed it. <laughs> okay. Uh, the Deviant number two came out. Um, first, it's really good. I, I really enjoy and really enjoying this book two issues in. There's two moments I really want to talk about, but they're really, they're tough to talk about without getting in some sense of conversation. So bear with me here. So the lead character of this book is, I'm pretty sure what, what's happening with this book is James Tinian is writing himself as the lead character. Okay. Because I'm not sure if you're aware of this. I found this out recently, but I'm I'm being told that Tinian is a gay man. Mm-hmm. And the lead character of this book is a comic book writer who is a gay man. Okay. So I'm pretty sure he's writing himself as the, the lead character. And this lead character is going around doing interviews for this old murder. And the guy who was accused of doing these murders back in the seventies is also a gay man. Okay. Um, when he goes to the house, there's this whole sequence that's really well drawn and how it's like paced because they go there and the guy who they're interviewing is somebody that survived a confrontation with the, the Santa Claus murderer Oh, interesting! and took an ax to the face and lived. Oh, wow. And, because of these events is a just a tad homophobic mike yeah uh there was one thing in there that i thought was a little like all right uh, you just get it you don't like trump because like the guy's wearing a a maga hat Mm -hmm. uh but outside of that it's really well done because they're having a conversation the the lead character brings up that he has a husband and the guy like stops and immediately his whole tenor changes mm-hmm. and then when the guy pulls out his laptop he's got like a rainbow flag on it yeah and he like stares the other guy stares at it and everything it's really well done and then immediately after it they cut to that character at the jail cell with the accused murderer mm-hmm. and i say accused because the that guy is like saying throughout he, he didn't do it he's been framed all this stuff. yeah and they're having this this awesome conversation that i can't do justice you got to read it mm-hmm and he's talking to him. He's like, yeah, but like, you know, he's just, he's very standoffish. And you can tell he didn't like me for who I was and everything. And the guy goes, listen, dude, like a gay dude hit him in the face with an ax. Like, I'm not saying it justifies him hating all of us, but like, right. you can kind of get where he's coming from. Right. <laughs> <laughs> right. 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 Yeah. But uh, I just say that because those two moments together were so well done. Mm hmm. And um, I think this book's just phenomenal. Awesome. It's been it's been great. And then we get introduced to a new character who's going to come in. That's part of, I'm assuming, the FBI, CIA, something like that. Okay. But uh, really good. I, I don't want to call it a horror book. Everybody's calling it a horror book. I think it's more of like a thriller. It yeah, almost it reminds sounds, me of like Silence of the Lambs. It sounds like a thriller noir thing. Yeah. It's it's really, really well done. Cool. That sounds great. Um. So... I pulled the trigger during our break and I bought Duke number one, which is the, the James or uh, sorry, Joshua Williamson GI Joe book. Okay. 
Mike, this book is about Duke, who's like the he's the the perfect soldier. He he does all these missions. He never wants to get a promotion. He's always like getting all these awards and everything, and doing all these missions. Well, on one of the missions, he encounters something. It's a transformer, and it's the one that turns into a jet. I don't know my transformer. Uh, Starscream, come on, Starscream, who. As they're they're also flying a jet, and they the transformer transforms, grabs the jet, destroys it. They eject, and he grabs the guy who's flying mm-hmm. and crushes him in his hand. Oh, damn! And laughs, and Duke just gets the fuck out of there. That's amazing. He goes back to um, base, and we kind of fast forward a few months to where he's trying to get back into the army. Because everybody thinks he's crazy for telling the story because nobody knows Transformers exist. Right. So it's a whole story about a guy in the army oh who discovers God. aliens. Yeah. And nobody <laughs> believes them. So he goes to this like aliens anonymous meeting where like you see all the crazies, <laughs> like the typical like Yeah, Area 51 guys. Yeah, like I got probed and everything. And he goes in there and he's like, Yeah, this is a mistake because these people are nuts. Like, I'm not nuts. And um meets with the person in charge and they're like, no, no, I brought you here for a reason. Like I get that these people are like, eh, but like, I can't just kick them out. <laughs> yeah. She brings him into the whole, like what's going on. And it starts this whole mission where he goes undercover and finds this company that's helping the transformers somehow the, the septicons in particular. Okay. Interesting. And this brings in the rest of the Joes because now the military has to bring in, these other elite agents, soldiers, mm-hmm. to fight Duke, who's like the greatest perfect soldier of all time. Oh, uh, okay, to shut him up. Yeah. Wow, that's cool. That's so, like a really good book. Yeah, <laughs> it's now it's a really good book, but like that premise, you could take GI Joe out of it, and I'm in. Like, yeah, it's just, yeah, that's right. a cool premise without GI Joe or Transformers. It sounds awesome. Um, I'm shocked at how much I enjoyed it. It's, yeah. That sounds great. It's, I might have to check it out. It's really good. And the, and the art, that's yeah, good too. Like it actually, it's to the point where, cause Joshua Williamson's writing this and the Cobra commander book. Mm-hmm. And we get a hint of Cobra commander in this. We don't get full on Cobra commander. Yeah. Um, I'm probably going to pick up the Cobra commander book now based on <laughs> oh, how good yeah. this book was. Two GI Joe books. Watch yeah. Out, folks. Yeah. Watch <laughs> that's so, awesome. That's really cool. And uh, apparently they're both, like four issue series so oh perfect you're not in for a long haul or anything or i'm sure it's a part of a bigger universe so there's gonna be more to it but yeah if yeah whatever that's awesome all right and to this week vengeance of the moon knight number one nice mike moon knight is dead oh no moon knight oh wow um it starts off with like the the midnight mission basically going through their mourning process and the person in charge of the midnight mission, she like, she's convinced she's not mourning because she's like, it's, it's Mark Spector. It's moon Knight. Like moon Knight resurrects. That's what moon Knight does. He'll be back. It's not a big deal. But the whole thing here is that Conchu has been trapped on Asgard. Mm-hmm. So there is no resurrection for the fists of Conchu anymore. Mm-hmm. So we think um, they go through a whole thing where they do like kind of a, pseudo funeral ben Grimm shows up because they need another jewish hero to come okay. in and do the i think it's sitting shiva or shiva oh, okay 
um, and all that. So that they do like this whole sequence of like what a um, a funeral for a Jewish person would be, which I thought was really cool to bring in like Mark's heritage and everything there. And then we see all the characters going about their mission. They uh, so the other guy who's uh, it's not shoot i'm zoning out his name but he's the like other not moon knight moon knight he's the okay. other fist of Conchu. because in the last story arc we figured out that Conchu has two fists mike mm-hmm. <laughs> so there's another dude that's fist Conchu too and he's uh like he's very into the rituals of it and everything okay and they so the moon or the midnight mission fights this uh the, these two demons and he does this whole resur- or exorcism to get rid of them and it was a cool sequence of battle and everything and they go back to celebrate their victory and everything. And then this new Moon Knight, this guy right here, shows up and is like, I'm Moon Knight. This is my place. Get the fuck out. Mm. And that's how it ends. So everybody's like, did Mark get resurrected? Because we don't know who it is. It right. did. What's going on here? Yeah, nobody knows who that Moon Knight is. Okay. Yeah, so it's a, a cool twist on this, what's going on here. I'll be really interested to see... Moon Knight's been good for 30 issues, now 31 issues. Um, yeah, I just, Jed McKay and uh, Capuccio just killing it mm-hmm. on that book. And I found out, Mike, that Capuccio, the artist on here, yeah, Moon Knight was the first published interior comic work he's ever done. Wow. Yeah. That's actually insane. And he kills it, dude. That's so, cool. Beware of the Planet of the Apes, number one. Nice. Uh, it's it's a good issue where we got the woman from the original Planet of the Apes movie. She's kind of the, the main human in this. We get to see all the apes that we expect from the original movie. Basically, Zira and her um, husband, Cornelius. Cornelius has a nephew that shows up in the movie a few times. Okay. And we're talking about the original, original Planet of the Apes movie. And that kid goes missing into the Forbidden Zone. So Zira and Cornelius find the girl who um, the nephew was helping get away from like some hunters when he went missing and they all go into the forbidden zone together to find him. And then there's someone there that's got a sniper rifle and everything and is all clothed conveniently Mike and can talk. So Mm. we don't know who they are. Okay. But if you know anything about the Planet of the Apes universe, humans can't talk in the Planet of the Apes. Interesting. That's why uh, when Taylor gets to the Planet of the Apes in the first movie, he's so interesting because he's the first human they've ever seen speak. Cool. But uh, yeah, good issue. And uh, there's some, there's a few things that don't flow with the canon, but like if you get past it, it's just a fun prequel issue. Mm-hmm. Um, I sent you some panels from this, but Thanos, number two. Yeah, that was wild. I forgot to bring him up so I could show him on the show, but I really enjoyed this issue. It's basically the Illuminati gets the Hulk to come fight Thanos. Mm-hmm. And they're able to bring down the whole uh, town. And then we find out in the end, spoilers, that the girl from the first issue that the Illuminati was trying to hide from Thanos and kind of memory wiped, it's Mistress Death. So mm-hmm. that's why Thanos is on this mission to get this girl. Like he wants his, his true love back. Um, Throughout it, they have a little bit more fun in this issue, and I I appreciated it. Because while it's a, a good, like, serious story, 
there's just some funny moments throughout it that are like almost slapsticky. Like mm-hmm. I, I say the thing, there's yeah. a there's a Seinfeld homage. Yes, Seinfeld reference. Yes. Um auto lot. And then there's literally a moment because Thanos has this chair he's flying around in, kind of like the Mobius chair. Mm-hmm. And they destroy it. So he has to like go down and he fights Hulk and Hulk runs away. And then he's like, Well, fuck, I need to go find this girl. So what do I do? So he rips the top of a, a pickup truck off and just Gets drives it. in it. So good. <laughs> and it's so funny. Yeah, it's hilarious. <laughs> uh yeah. Thanos, uh, the first issue I wasn't so hot on. This one definitely jumped up. I thought it was really good. That's great. And then my last book was uh, the last issue of The Midnight Show, which is Midnight oh. Show number four. Nice. Uh, all in all, this book is not going to like change your life or anything. It's literally just like the Universal Monsters if they came to the real world and they're fighting over dominance. And then that's it. It's a fun monster book. If you like Dracula and Frankenstein and all that, which I tend to enjoy, uh, I would recommend it. It's. I feel like Colin Bunn had more fun on this book than anything. Like he wasn't mm-hmm. trying too hard to do horror stuff. Yeah, he was just yeah. trying to have this like classic Universal Monsters conversation. That if, I bet if we poked at him uh, whenever we get him back on the show, he would tell us he's a huge Universal Monsters fan. Right, and while it ends perfectly and we can never see it again, there is kind of a thing at the end that says that it's not over and he could do more with it. Mm-hmm. But I kind of hope he just leaves it. Like it's, it's cool as is it's, it's cool as a cliffhanger to imagine, but I, I couldn't see jumping into a volume two of it, to be honest. Okay. Um, but yeah, if you're looking for something fun that has universal monsters in it, go check it out. Awesome. So Mike, that's everything I read this week. Where can people find you on the internet? They can find me at Fortress Ricker on Twitter. Where can they find you and or the show? You can find me at Fortress Chris on pretty much any social media network, including Twitter. Uh, you can find the show at Fortress Comics underscore on Twitter. Also at FortressComicNews.com. And if you want to support the show, best ways to do it are to give us five-star reviews and podcatchers, like, subscribe, share, comment down below on the YouTube version. Uh, or go to Patreon, patreon.com slash Fortress Comics. Uh, thank you all so much for watching and or listening this week. And we'll see you all here next week.